Very cool. Well, I am excited about Heart for His House Sunday. It's going to be fantastic. And I also just love the theme that we have for the year. Uh, it is a king and a cause. And I'm the kids pastor. I get to be the kids pastor. I'm, I'm Beck, by the way, if you don't know me. And um, in Kids Men, we understand this quite simply. But simple doesn't mean light. Simple means clear, understood, and actionable. And so my prayer tonight is that as I'm speaking, the words that I am saying will not be my own, but will be God speaking through me um, as an empty vessel for your heart and life. And I pray this tonight that you would be able to hear God's word about your own life and that it would be sincere, it would be clear, it would be actionable, because it is all about not just one person, but about the one true God above who unites us and perfects our faith through our Lord Jesus Christ. So in kids, we have come to understand that a king and a cause means this. God is the king and his cause is to take the good news to people around me and the people across the world through my missions giving. God is the king and his cause is people. God is the king and his cause is salvation. God is the king and his cause is love. God is the king and his cause is someone like me and you. A king and a cause then translates to each individual child as my king and his cause is for my life to be part of. It is no longer just an external idea but something that can become the reality of their lives. And what can we learn from little children? Well, Jesus says to receive the kingdom of God like a child. Mark 10:15 I tell you the truth anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never receive it. And so how have I seen children receive the kingdom of God? Humbly, simply, and unconditionally. Why? Because generally and hopefully most children have not experienced trials that even make them question the world to be safe and whole. Most children discover God and his fullness, his size and his wonder, and they embrace the majesty quickly, joyfully, and just without hesitation. I see children week in and week out accept Jesus to be their Lord and Savior again and again. Even after telling them they only have to do it one time, he's never going to leave them. They just don't want to possibly miss out on what God has for their lives, and they get a fun certificate. <laughs> children see God and they say my God we as adults and teenagers may no longer have the glow of childhood but we are still called to embrace the kingdom of God just like a child and this embrace isn't just for the salvation for ourselves but it is of everything that God asks of us including the Great Commission to personally see people find their hope in Jesus a king and a cause Matthew 28, verse 19. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So how do I, through my grief, tribulations, challenging circumstances, hardships, busyness, inexperience and lack of knowledge of God, discover his cause for my life, and continue to go deeper in the way of God, grow in my love for his son, the Lord Jesus, and share the gospel? Do the things that happen around me lessen or increase the cause of the gospel? 
And so James chapter 1, it really explains that for us. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For that you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Trials of any kind. Yes, any kind. So it is telling me that everything that I find difficult, painful, long, challenging, not even necessarily even that hard, but a trial of some kind is an opportunity for joy. Yes. You see, to live your life discovering God's continual purpose for your life, we must know that no matter what, I am a follower of my king. Not any king, not someone else's king, but my king. That everything in this world can lead me to a greater knowledge of God and lead me to a place of a deeper, richer, undeniable love for God. Not just a knowledge of him, but a love for God, his goodness and his call for my life. It is a joy through the hard times to know that my faith is going to be a little bit stronger because of it, that God himself will help me through it and use these moments in my life and in the lives of others. It's kind of like a child running and stacking it and then just getting up and laughing. Um, it's the, this picture that I have, it's on myself. I remember I threw my water bottle, I was talking, and then I decided that I would get the water bottle out of the bush and then I was stuck. I don't know if you can see it. We... Um, Anyway, I was stuck and it was quite funny that even though I was stuck in this problem, it was okay. No matter what, if I am trialed to the point of having nothing, I can continually embrace God like a child, humbly, simply and unconditionally. My king through anything. So if you were to write down the 10 hardest days of your life, you may either find it difficult to articulate 10 or you might find it difficult to stop. The hardest challenges in life also change as we age. What's hard for a six-year-old may not be hard for you anymore. Going to kindergarten for the first time might be really daunting for a six-year-old, but after they leave mum and dad, they might just go, oh, it's fine, I've had a fantastic first day. But what might be hard for us is going to a new job for the first time. A trial for you might mean having to deal with some traffic on your morning way to work every day, the printer not working properly right when you desperately need it to, um, or something much heavier involving grief, anguish and unsteadiness in your world. God can use these moments when we let him. This verse is so important to me because despite the fact that my face says that I am 15 and that I am actually only only 25, that's okay, I believe that God has used my life um, and that he's not wasted anything. He has walked with me and I have allowed God into my world through thick and thin as he has used my life and grown my faith. And so I want to tell you about the desk. While it's not just a really big pulpit and smaller so you can see me, um, it is part of the message. So hopefully um, there are a couple of pictures um, of... So there's a desk that I lived at once and then there should be another one which has a little cat in front of it but um, you can see the desk in the background, right? And this is the exact desk that I'm talking about. I remember holding on tightly to these verses during difficult times at that desk. Um, I was sitting in my room at an old wooden desk, and it didn't even belong to me. I was just renting a room in a house in um, Wellington, New Zealand, and 
I was actually learning, like the desk was just in the room. So it didn't matter. But I lived in this house and I didn't feel safe in it. Two years into living there, and I was 19, um, I was promised the world when I moved out of the hostel I was living in and was invited into a home with my classmates who during like the school time were always kind. But re- reality sank in when I got there and the place physically was so much colder than you could ever imagine. It was mouldy and one corner of one of the rooms was even just damp all the time. There were people that were in there were not much better. I felt very alone and worried about everything that I would do. I'd barely go out of my room and I got frequently sick and really struggled. When I moved in, within the first day, I asked if I could move things into the kitchen and there was a hesitated yes. And as I moved some of the sauces to the side to fit in what I had and and moved some of the pans to fit in some of the things that I had, um, one of the roommates immediately yelled at me for touching his stuff. I recall cleaning my bathroom when I was there and the man's name was Isaac, not my husband. Um, And I had accidentally switched his shampoo and conditioner around the wrong way when I put it back. I spoke to the other roommate who was there And she just said, it's just him. It's all right. If you just do what he says, it's fine. But it wasn't a place to live. And I remember speaking to my parents, because that was, you don't want to tell your parents that you moved into the wrong home. And it even got to the point where my mum actually came to visit me, because I was so alone. I was in trouble for using a dehumidifier in the mouldy room. That... I had to pay extra electricity even though they would use their heaters all day long when they weren't home. That the kids pastors who at the church at the time that I was there serving and I wasn't even really serving would come and get me multiple times so that I didn't have to stay home alone. When my now husband, Isaac, would stay on the phone with me until he knew that I was asleep, there was a two hour time difference so it was two hours earlier here and he would stay on the phone with me until he knew I was asleep. When the cat that the roommate always allowed in for the two years before I moved in and when I was first there, all of a sudden changed his mind and so it made me sit outside in the cold in winter to sit with the cat. When I told the school chaplain and my teachers, but they still made me dance with him. So I found the desk. Every morning I would get up make my mountain of breakfast, I was starving, sit down in my cosy dressing gown at the desk and read, read God's word. You see, this is where I would come to. Every morning I would start the day and I would write down and I would say out loud, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I would read through Psalm 37 every day and it would say the Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Though they stumble, they will never fall for the Lord holds them by the hand. Then no matter if something else that I did was wrong, according to my roommates, if I moved the shampoo and conditioner around the wrong way or if it was just freezing outside or if I had to physically dance with him, I know that my God was with me. My God. Every day I could come to the table, 
set before me in the presence of my enemies and embrace Jesus. He was able to, I was able to grow in God, grow in his love, grow in his goodness. Because when I sat down at that table, nothing else mattered. My God was with me and I was never alone. I was so grateful and happy when I moved out of that house and finished off my year somewhere else that was warm with beautiful women in a kind, lovely house. But I am in hindsight, not necessarily at the time, but I was grateful that I got to live in through that first season because I can tell you that when you feel far away physically or emotionally from the people around you, scared, vulnerable, unsure, unsteady, uneasy and completely confused, God will never leave you. Find your table, find your shepherd and know him. Psalm 23 says, The Lord is my shepherd, I have all I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me besides peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honour to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valleys, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast before me in the presence of my enemies. You honour me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. I will live in the house of the Lord forever. What a wonderful thing to hold on to. And so through this, we need to come to our table. And so number one, find your table with the word of God as your feast. When you're at a standstill, a crossroads, a heartbreak, a new job, a new beginning, end of something, not sure, go to Jesus. He's so cool. He is the perfecter of our faith. He is the one to whom you must run to. He is the one that we can rely on and know as our king for ourselves. Sit down and open up your Bible and discover God through all situations like a child, simply, humbly and unconditionally, no matter what. You, so you can truly say, my God, he's my God. Whatever the space is, my table is now the comfort of my bed at nighttime, but find your table. Number two, daily do it. Run the race with your eyes fixed on Jesus. You see, James doesn't put it lightly. He tells us to consider it joy. How wild is that? Not just mediocre, like get through it. Joy. And you know who else thought something that was horrible was a joy ahead of him? Jesus. It was the joy set before him in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 to 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run the race that God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame, Now he is seated in the place of honour beside God's throne. It is by going to Jesus and keeping our eyes on Jesus that we reap a harvest of perfected faith. We might not see it all right away, but we reap that harvest from him. We must remember that as we go through thick and thin, that it is about letting our endurance grow. And as it grows, we will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. And number three... Feast, don't snack. 
It doesn't say that what's prepared before us are little veggie, crispy bites that put in your mouth and feel like air and don't really sustain you or nourish you for very long. A rich, king-sized meal. A king-sized meal is what is prepared before us. Rich, delightful, moorish, yummy, good. Start somewhere by a daily devotion or doing something is a great start and a great taste. But I want to encourage you to go deep with Jesus, deep with God. version devotions are fantastic and they can open our minds to great concepts of God and key verses to know and understand. But my encouragement is to dig in more than just a verse a day. Be like my grandpa and read the Bible like he likes to eat ice cream. Five liters a week. Generous and exciting. It is, it is knowing the context, understanding the full picture and hearing God's words, not just the highlight reels, that we can know him. Know him. Um, we are all going to be going through big or small trials like all the way through our lives. And so why not consider it joy? Each instance when our faith is tested and when our lives get challenged with big or small challenges, it is an opportunity for great joy because as my faith grows and develops, my life can genuinely express how much God loves people and how he wants us to respond in life. My life can say, God is the king and his cause is people. God is the king and his cause is salvation. God is the king and his cause is love. God is the king and his cause is someone like me and you. As I run to Jesus, as I give him everything, my life displays his goodness, not because it's all because of me, but it's because it's all for his glory and praise and honour forever. I'm not saying that the winds and the waves of life won't make you feel like your ship is getting rocked, but your anchor can be in Jesus and you don't need to move. I can not tell you that the winds and the waves of the storm won't make you feel like something's batting against your house, but it doesn't need to collapse like it's on sand because we can have the word of God as a firm foundation. So daily, find your table, find your feast, and set it all before you and consider it joy. Consider it joy. From keeping your cool when your kids are rowdy, when you're having patience on the road, to financial heartache, to jobs struggling, to parenting troubles, relationship difficulties, grief and loss, sickness and disease, emotional turmoil. Find your table through it all. No matter what it looks like, open the Bible somewhere. Lift your hands and discover God. Know him as my God, not, your, not just their God. Know him as my God. God was with me through it all and through other trials in my life. He is my God, my God. And it is a great joy that in my life, he never has abandoned me. He never has left me. In fact, my faith has grown. My faith is now strengthened, encouraged, not shaken, because even as the world around me feels like it is crashing down, I can choose to rise up. Rise up in the faith. Rise up early and read the word. Rise up and say, God, I am here. 
Hold me as I stand here in your presence. Help me understand you more. Help me know you're with me. Help me not just to know about you, but to know that you're around and surrounding me. Help me, God. Then my testimony doesn't have to be just a singular one. It can be one of us all that we can all say, he's my God and through it all, it doesn't matter. Throw it all at me, God, because I want my faith to be strengthened. I want to know you. I want to have you in my world. So if you want to first rise up tonight and just say, God, I'm going to start to do this, then I encourage you, let's stand up. Let's stand up and say, God, I'm here. I'm here that even if I'm not necessarily going through a struggle right now, I'm going to rise up and commit to doing that. I'm going to commit to standing and going, oh, my God, I'm coming to you. So if you would like to join me in at the front and worship God, worship the King and say, I'm here. I'm going to stand with you. I'm going to know you for the rest of my life and not move. Then why don't you come and join me this evening as we worship and as we sing. Thank you, Jesus.